Hello, my name is Joe and I'm the curate in the Town Centre Hub. Today is Monday the 21st of September and we're going to begin this reflection today by reading from Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 6 to 15. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God, who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans, and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you, and you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Girgashites. You have kept your promise, because you are righteous. You saw the suffering of our ancestors in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his officials and all the people of his land. For you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground. But you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire, to give them light on the way they were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath, and gave them commands decrees and laws through your servant Moses. In their hunger you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land you had sworn with uplifted hand to give them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder what your favourite Disney film is. When I was six years old, The Lion King was released, and six-year-old me loved it. On release in 1994, it was the highest-grossing film worldwide. It sold over 30 million VHS tapes, remember those? And it remains the highest-grossing traditionally animated film of all time. Various sequels and prequels have been made, and of course the legendary musical, which remains the only musical I have ever seen in a theatre. But my personal favourite as a six-year-old was the original video game for the Sega Mega Drive console, where you could actually play as Simba himself. Six-year-old me loved it. The story, though, is epic. Mufasa, the kind, generous and honourable ruler, is usurped by his brother Scar, who secures the throne by convincing Mufasa's heir, the young and naive Simba, to go into exile, accused of causing his father's death. Most people were a blubbering mess in that scene, weren't they? But in exile, Simba grows into young adulthood with the carefree Timon and Pumba, forming an unexpected trio of outcasts, whilst Simba's home is brought under misery and oppression by his uncle Scar. It is in exile that Simba meets his childhood friend Nala, who has ventured far from her home to find food for her famished family. 
and so begins the gut-wrenching process of Simba rediscovering his love for his home and his identity as the true heir to the throne at Pride Rock. The turning point on Simba's journey is an encounter that he has with his long-lost father Mufasa, who reminds his son, remember who you are. A transformed Simba returns to challenge his uncle and reclaims his place as the rightful king. Remember who you are. It's a powerful question for young Simba, and it's a powerful question for us. It's a powerful question actually for the Israelites. They were grappling with this when they were permitted to return from exile in Babylon around 538 BC. The exiles were allowed home. Great. But after some 60 years or so in exile, many were returning to a place that they had never been before. The Israelites had lost their way. They had been crushed and taken from their homeland. And now it was time for them to rebuild, to remember who they were. So in Nehemiah chapter 8, the priest Ezra reads from the book of the law of Moses to all the gathered people of Israel. And they recall how the Lord established them as a nation many, many years before. They are commanded, do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then in chapter 9, their joyful celebrations are turned to praise and worship as they recall not only their identity as God's chosen people, but even more fundamentally, their identity as human beings created by the God who is one and who is love. As Ezra leads the congregation saying, God made the earth and all that is on it. To all things you give life. And from this follows a detailed recollection of God's action within his creation to make a covenant with his creatures, to save them from oppression, and to establish them securely in the promised land. That God has created us, and that God continues to move and act within his creation, is the root of our praise, our thanksgiving, and our worship. And the ultimate act of God moving in his creation is the incarnation, when God takes his creation upon himself in order to save it, being born of a virgin into poverty and giving up his life on a cross. And now we hold on to the promise of Jesus' return to his creation to restore it fully. God has never abandoned his creation or his creatures and his Holy Spirit is living and active now within it, within us. But there have certainly been times, haven't there, when we have abandoned our creator, in some sense even exiling ourselves. Today you're invited to return from whatever exile you might feel that you're in and to remember who you really are. To remember that you are created by a creator. The uh, German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's put it this way. It is really the creator who makes me, the human being, with the creator's own hands. It expresses the trouble 
the creator takes. The creator's thinking about me. The creator's intention with me. And nearness to me. You are created by a master creator who called forth the creation from the depths of his love. And another German theologian, uh, Jürgen Moltmann, who's written a lot about creation, he puts it this way. Creation was called into being out of the inner love which the eternal God himself is. And so we respond, don't we? Just as the psalmist did when we read in Psalm 139 verse 14. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So as we come back to God today and we remember that we are called forth into being by love itself, let's respond with that same love in worship, praise and thanksgiving to he who made us and in love for the creation that we share. Amen.